Have you ever thought about Jesus as a master marketer? Hi, I'm Joel Moutre, and you're listening to the Learn and Share podcast. Today, I speak with Chris Matz, a professional social media marketer who shares valuable information on how to use social media to be more effective in ministry. Chris, we're excited that you're here and that we're going to talk about something that is kind of taboo because some people hate it, some people love it, and that is social media and how to use it for ministry. And uh, But before we do that, let's let's talk about what you do real quick. You're a social media marketer, specifically paid advertisement, right? Correct. And with that, though, before we do that, because some people, they think of social media as just them watching funny videos of cats and right, you right. Know, them making weird filters on Snapchat, right? Yeah. But we're actually going to be talking about something called paid advertising. But before we even do that, let's just talk about advertising in general. Like, you work professionally as a freelancer now as an with an agency mm-hmm. to to people pay you to do advertisement for them. What is advertising w- in the business world, et cetera? And then we'll get into social media in a minute. Really, advertising is capturing the attention of a desired audience and then persuading them to make an action in the you know, old days, if you will, traditionally, advertising might have come across in the form of a billboard, TV commercial, radio ad, or a, a newspaper ad. And what would happen is people saw and they noticed a trend where a lot of people were spending time um, on the radios, right? That's how they received their information. And so advertisers saw an opportunity to gain the attention of that audience and persuade them to make an action, right? And so that attention has really just uh, transitioned throughout times as technology has developed. And now we see a lot of attention online. We see it on social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. And so what advertisers are doing is they're simply taking that attention of their audience and they're persuading them to make an action. I really like how you give the example of the old, I guess you can call it old school media. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it still right, works. Right. People still watch TV, still do radio, and there are ads there. But uh, another example is that like email, for example. When email first came out, there was nobody that adver- was advertising. Right. Because people didn't know. But then when people realized like, wow, there are a lot of people using emails. Let's start sending junk mail. Right. right. Now, opening rates on emails is less than 10%. Whereas before, everyone opened their email. It was like a, it was like a, a gift from Santa. Right, right. Christmas people were Day. excited to get an email. Exactly. Yeah. Not now. It's like, oh, man, I hope, you know, you, you switch your email so you can get rid of yeah, the advertisers. Exactly. Right? Right. Because they went, the advertisers went where the, where the attention was. And I Correct. thought that was really great. Tell us a little bit more about social media in general and why people, why it's such a great place to advertise. Right. So again, you know, it's a great place to advertise because of the attention. And so with different platforms, you have a different audience, right? With Snapchat, you have a little bit of a younger audience. With Facebook, you're seeing pretty much everybody. It's really the mother of social media. So depending on, you know, your audience, that's which platform you want to go with. And so, um, you know, Instagram, you see a little bit of a younger demographic. A lot of uh, the millennials are on Instagram. And so depending on what your objective is, what you're trying to advertise um, online, you, know, you want to think about who your audience is and then create a distribution strategy based off of that. I like that. I like to call it almost like a like going where the like if you're trying to reach Seventh-day Adventists, you go to Seventh-day Adventist churches or congregations. Right. If you're trying to you know promote something to the Mormons or the Jehovah's Witness, you go to their congregations. 
And like, if you're trying to reach young people, you go to where the young people are at. Exactly. You know, the older demographic, you know, my mom's on Facebook. They love Facebook. Right. If you try to reach my mom, you go advertise on Facebook. Exactly. I think that's a great idea. Uh, what you mentioned there. Uh, let's take a step back and, and just get to know you a little bit more and, and hear your story. You haven't been a Christian or Adventist, at least Adventist for not too long. Tell us a little bit about your background in advertising and then let's top it off with your testimony. Right. So I've always kind of been an entrepreneur, you know, growing up, I you know, tried to sell all kinds of little things, you know, going around uh, selling pop and water at festivals and gum and candy in my locker at school and elementary school, all these different things. So I always thought of different ways to make money and this um, kind of developed into me trying to figure out how to make money online when I was in high school. And so I started uh, meeting people and uh, becoming friends with with others who were making money online. And this led me to a health and wellness company um, where we were selling healthy energy drinks. And so at the time when I was in high school, it was about 2013, I started using the platform of Instagram to generate leads for my business. And I would get leads on my phone and I would do cold calls and selling. And during that time I built up my organization to bringing in over uh, $250,000 in sales on an annual basis. And so uh, I got pretty good at generating leads and using social media and, and online marketing to sell things. How would you do that on Instagram? Let's just make it just so practical for a split second. Yeah, so back then, um, the paid side of things was you know a little bit newer. So I was one of the first spammy people on Instagram to use those fancy Instagram bots. And so I would go around and um, have my bot liking other people's photos and um, following them. And they would come and see my profile after you know I followed them. They'd be like, who's this guy who's following me? And so they'd come see my profile. They'd see the, the bio. It would say, you know, make money by getting healthy. Click the link below. And it would drive them to a landing page. And on that landing page was a video. And it told them about the product and the opportunity that was linked with it. They put their information in. I'd come t- directly to my phone and I'd get a notification and give them a call. That's fascinating because, you know, a lot of us have wondered, like, why we get all these likes of people we don't even know. Right. They're actually little computer robots that are doing it through algorithms and, and, and codes, yeah. uh, which is fascinating. Let's get back to your story. Uh, so you've been working there at this health energy drink company. Yep. And you did that after high school. And what happened next? So actually, during the time of me being in that company and, and experiencing success with online advertising, I was really intrigued by the... Uh, sales and personal development literature. And so I started listening to a lot of audio programs, reading a lot of books of these, you know, Zig Ziglar's, Brian Tracy's, Tony Robbins, these types of guys. You know, I'd seen Gary Vaynerchuk at a company convention that we had and started getting around, you know, these types of people and learning more about how they were experiencing success. Some of the things I learned were really good and some of them were very interesting and uh, at the core, um, very religious. And so this kind of got me into more of the new age movement where you would, if you wanted to experience success, you would meditate, um, positive affirmations and um, attracting things into your life through, you know, the Eastern mysticism and, and all of this stuff. So that really kind of opened my mind to um, seeking after religious things. Long story short, kind of got out of that because searching online and found out that a lot of the new age stuff was linked with witchcraft and, you know, Satanism and these types of occult activities. And so um, I started 
seeking even deeper for truth in the religious world because my curiosity was piqued, and this led me to the Christian faith. So you weren't Christian growing up? No, I wasn't Christian. No religious background? Nope. Not even grandma was Catholic or... Grandparents uh, were Christians, but I'd visit them maybe a few times a year. And so when I was really young, they would take me to church. But when I got older, I didn't go to church, didn't think about it at all. I mean, you're obviously you're searching, you're Googling, you're involved right. with these influencers. And I, I kind of know how that works. So you just kind of like, it's kind of blurry, but it kind of happens. Yeah. How did you end up learning about the Seventh-day Adventist faith? Yeah. So during that time where I, I started you know, getting involved in the Christian church, actually, my mind was just very confused. And the reason why was because there were all of these different people telling me that their denomination was the correct one, right? Go to the Pentecostal church, they'd say, oh, this is the correct church. You have found the correct church. And then I go to the Baptist church. They would say the same thing in the non-denominational. And so I was just very confused because as I was learning their doctrines a little bit, I saw that they were different. How can they both be right? And amidst these people was my grandfather. And my grandfather is a Seventh-day Adventist. And I didn't know really what that meant growing up. I didn't, I didn't even know that about him, really. And so when he told me that his church was the correct church, I just kind of grouped him in with everybody else going, you know, saying that their church was the correct church. So I just didn't think too much of it. And then one day I gave him a call on the phone and he was telling me about the Adventist church again. And this time it was a little bit different because he started you know, breaking down Daniel 7 and Revelation 13 to me telling me about the mark of the beast and, and all of these things. And my curiosity was definitely piqued. And so that's kind of how it started. What was the, what was the one thing that kind of tipped the point? Cause later on, you obviously become baptized, et cetera, before right. we go into the social media part. Like what was the, what was that thing that like, wow, like this is crazy. I want to, I want to fall, I want to follow Jesus in this way. Right. Well, you know, on my journey in, in the Christian religion and bouncing around to all of these different denominations, I just had so many different questions and uh, I couldn't understand the Bible. I tried to pick it up, tried to read it, couldn't understand it. And after that phone call with my grandfather, I was just motivated to study the Bible. And he had given me this packet of Amazing Facts Bible studies like three, four months prior. I just put that packet in, you know, just tucked them aside, didn't, didn't do anything with them. But after that phone conversation, I dug them out and just started studying them. And I went through all of them in about a week and a half and was just mind blown at all of the wonderful things I was learning with the truth and the word of God. Praise the Lord. So you're, you're working for a secular company and now you're a Seventh Adventist. You love Jesus and you love his truth. How did your goals for, for business and ministry start changing? So I'll backtrack a little bit. So during the time where I was uh, on my religious experience, the network marketing company that I was working with actually got shut down, had some problems with the FTC, and so wasn't in that anymore. And so, you know, I do odds and end jobs and working with different organizations and things and freelance work and stuff like that. So I was still running ads and learning a lot about it and always reading up on the latest marketing guru stuff. So it's always into that. But now that I had gone through that experience and that moment, something clicked in my mind where I realized that I should have known this content sooner that I was understanding in the, the Bible. Spir the spiritual content. Exactly. And that other people need to know this. And I saw that people can use digital marketing as a method to get this into the right hands. I think that's a powerful example. Uh, if you think about it, because y your aha moment was literally oh my goodness, like, I wish I knew this. Yeah. Wow. I, we, we could get the gospel out much faster this exactly. way. Exactly. 
many times people in, in the church think of, oh, business, marketing. It just has a very worldly context, you know, selling energy drinks and Pepsi Cola and stuff like that. Why should the Christian be involved in learning about and using uh, social media advertising? I think that Jesus was a marketer. I think that Ellen White was a master marketer and, you know, maybe not even really knowing that. And, and I'll explain that a little bit more. But really, I think being a marketer is all about reaching the heart of people. It's about capturing the attention of a desired audience and getting them to make an action. If you're a preacher, you're probably actually in the root, root of it. You're probably a good marketer because you understand how to capture someone's attention and move them to make a good action for their life that will benefit them, bring them into a relationship with Jesus. So when it comes to churches and Adventist church specifically using marketing um, and why we should should know about it, especially in the online world, is there's a lot of people online, right? And we need to go where the people are. And so there's a lot of people online. We need to go where they are. And we need to put the content that we have because I believe that the Adventist church, since we have the truth, we have the richest content. We need to put that in front of the right people in order to get their attention and help them to make a decision for Jesus. Let's talk about excellence for a second, because many times in the business world, you look at them and they're, they're just, they're literally doing an amazing job at marketing their, their companies. Obviously they have a lot more money in many cases than ministries. Why should the Christians seek to be excellent and to, and to set the standard uh, when it comes to marketing? I believe that God has given us as a people, the Seventh-day Adventist church, he's given us as a people, um, a very special message the most important message for this time. It's the most important piece of content for this time is, is the Word of God. And we need to study how to get that in front of the right people. And so Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising, search engine optimization, digital marketing as a whole, this is just one method to get that information into the right hands. And so, um, I mean, if you think about it, We've, we've always kind of been somewhat pioneers in this area, you know, radio. You know, we understood that radio was a really good way to reach people. And in some areas, it still is a good way to reach people. And I'm, I am of the mindset that we need to diversify the way that we reach people. So I'm not down on any other forms of marketing, actually. I think they all work together to help each other when it comes to the same objective. But we need to study these different forms of marketing because really what they are is ways to reach people. So you can see other denominations, other religious groups out there going all in with digital marketing. And the reason why is because a lot of people are spending time online. And because it's a newer thing, it's a lot cheaper to reach people. You can really, um, you know, the technology is, is so intelligent that you can really uh, laser target people, the right people, so you're not wasting money. Uh, you can optimize campaigns very well. Let's go practical. You, you mentioned a couple of things like Facebook advertising. You mentioned Instagram, et cetera, search engine optimization. Those are terms that uh, you and I understand, but many people might not understand that. Break that down real quick. Just give us a general overview of the different kinds of digital social media marketing, and then we'll get into some examples. Right. So we can start off with uh, search engine optimization. So people are searching things on Google which I'll talk about because it's you know, the number one search engine in the world. And so people are searching things 
on Google and you want to show up in the top search results organically. And how do you do this? You do this by optimizing your content for the search engine. So there's a lot of um, you know, little practical things that we can break down with that. We don't have time to do that today, but that's that's basically it. You're optimizing your content to be found in organic search results. Could you give an example of that? Uh, let's say I um, I know we were, were earlier today we were eating uh, organically made uh, granola. So let's say I sell granola, right, as a ministry, okay. as a business, or let's say I'm an evangelist and I have posts about. Daniel and Revelation and things like that. Give an example of how I could, what, what that looks like so that it would show up higher on the, on the lists. Right. So there's, when it get, when it comes down to it, there's a lot of different ways that you need to go about executing, you know, your, your content ranking high. But, you know, if people type in certain keywords, let's say organic vanilla granola, your content, if it's optimized for those keywords should trigger. That makes sense. So basically, if, if someone's searching, you know, how to, how to make or, you know, I want to buy vanilla granola that's organic. If your text, if the title, if the paragraphs and the descriptions in your, in your website have that, it'll show up higher. That's part of it. That's yep. part of it. Yep. I mean, that makes sense. Yep. That makes sense. And that, that's a great idea because we can get our topics, uh, our, our messages. To exactly. The so, so really quick, actually, um, something that I think is very practical is people will go to an evangelistic series and then they'll learn, oh, this is the Seventh-day Adventist church. And then they'll go home and then they'll type in Seventh-day Adventist church on Google. And sometimes good things show up and sometimes bad things show up like Adventist cult, right? And so we can actually optimize our pages, which are going to show the correct side of things so that they outrank those ones that are bad and showing the false information. That's beautiful because I mean that's like the fear. You know, someone right. says, "Oh yeah, I googled your church," <laughs> and I sent it to them, and as many times I cringe because right. I know that there's a lot of stuff out there. But what's beautiful is that through technology we can actually help get the right literature, the right websites, the right messages in front of our people. Exactly. Let's talk about Facebook real quick. So Facebook is a wonderful platform because pretty much everybody's on it, and you can really target the right audience with Facebook. For example, if you are going to have an evangelistic series, you can target people who are Christians in your area who are between the ages of you know, 18 and 70 and who are also, also interested in golf. You know, you can get very detailed with it when it comes to your targeting. And really what Facebook is, and uh, I believe what marketing is, is it's a way to, to sell things. And don't get me wrong, we are, in a sense, selling something here when it comes to you know advertising for really anything, if it's a ministry or if it's a business. And so you need to take someone through a process in order for them to make a decision if you want to run a successful Facebook ads campaign. So back in the day, what people would do is they would run paid traffic into an email sequence. And what that might look like is someone will press submit and they would opt in for your newsletter, right? And then after that, you would hit them with a sequence of emails that would give them more information about your products or services. And then it would bring them through this process and eventually ask them to make a decision. So you can actually do that with Facebook. You can retarget people who've interacted with your content. If someone's watched the first 10 seconds of your video, you can retarget them with the next video and the next video and the next video eventually all the way through and then ask them to make a decision. So 
the misconception with Facebook is that you can just put some ads out there, put some money behind it, and all of a sudden just make, um, you know, a bunch of people show up at your door for your evangelistic series or, you know, buy your product or something like that. It, it is sales. It's a process. You have to execute it the right way. No wonder when I sign up, I have to put my email in to make an account on an online store. Right. Do I get emails forever and ever after there? Exactly. Um, what's beautiful is that we can do the same thing, not to pester people, but to offer opportunities for them to get to know God. And uh, I even have a friend who uses Facebook ads to get people to come to his Friday night Vespers or young adult hiking trip Wonderful. on Saturday, which is great yeah. uh, because you can target people who are Christian, uh, who are between a certain age and who like, who maybe went to Southern or Andrews or Southwestern yep. or whatnot. And our friends with the seventh Anna Church likes Ellen White on Facebook, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's exactly. kind of fascinating. Yeah. What I want to do now is um, I want to talk about just dive a little bit deeper into the evangelistic cycle because in evangelism we have a cycle. There's the reaping, there's the sowing, et cetera. Exactly. Uh, give an example of how Facebook, I many times we do it wrong and we just kind of think we can just do, uh, come to the evangelistic series. But just like in real life, we need to prepare the soil and then sow and then water and then reap. Just a quick summary of how, how social media could help with an evangelistic series. Exactly. So there is this misconception uh, that I was touching on a little bit ago where people think they can just, you know, put a piece of content out there, a video or, you know, a graphic, and it'll say, you know, come to my evangelistic series, um, and they'll pay Facebook to promote that. And, you know, that's that's um, assuming that the person is in the right space and the right time to make a decision. That's almost like walking into the middle of uh, a field without having ever um, prepared the soil or, you know, planted the seeds or cultivated it and just expecting there to be a beautiful harvest for you. A lot of times we put um, a lot of money into, you know, putting out flyers and, and we don't see the greatest results. And it is because we haven't done the pre-framing. We haven't laid the groundwork for that. And so what it would look like for an evangelistic series is if you put out your sermons on a regular basis, you could do a Facebook Live. And then after you did uh, Facebook Live for your sermons, you can uh, analyze the, how well it performed and you can break it down into more consumable pieces of content. What you mean is chop up like, you know, a five minute segment or a yeah, 10 minute segment. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you can do that um, based on how much the people interacted with it. And then you can put money behind that and then target people in your community. So imagine what this would look like if you did this every week, five to $10 behind it. And let's say a few hundred people were viewing it, you know, you would, in, in watching it all the way through, let's say there was 10 people watching the Facebook live of your sermon all the way through every single week. That's almost like having 10 visitors every single week attend your church for a very low cost. And now what this does, if you do this for months and months and months, you are uh, making yourself more familiar in the community around you. People are getting to know you as a pastor and as a church. And so when you go in for the right hook, when you go in for the ask and the call to action to attend a series, they're going to be more inclined because they have already interacted with your content. You know, you've established rapport. And so that's what I mean by, you know, marketing is, is really sales. You know, it's the same thing when we do Bible studies with people. We ask for decisions. It's a gradual process. You bring them through a system in order for them to fully come into the church. And so this same approach needs to be taken when it comes to marketing and especially Facebook marketing in order for it to be successful. Now, 
people listening to this, either they're really, really enjoying it or they're completely confused because, <laughs> because, I hope because, it's the first one. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The Holy Spirit's with us, but let's actually break it down a little bit more and, and, and give some resources for people to learn. You know, you obviously learned on the job, you, you know, you know, people always say YouTube, that's always a great way to learn, but if somebody wants to get involved and, or let's say somebody says, you know what, that's not for me, but where can I tell my friend or my brother or my pastor, where should they go to learn how to use this in ministry? Right. So I'm actually putting out um, some content right now. And what I'm doing is I'm offering churches the opportunity to get on the phone with me personally or me direct them in the information in, into the right direction of information. Um, you can visit my website, adventdigitalmarketing.com. And I can hop on the phone with you if you're a pastor or someone in ministry and kind of guide you through the process, to help set things up. And right now there there is a lot of content on you know, YouTube is always a good place to go. There's a lot of different marketers that I don't want to recommend um, on this podcast. The reason why is because some of them might use profanity or things like that um, because, you know, that's kind of how the industry is a little bit. But yeah, I will be creating content that breaks down these different strategies and how you can get really you know, practical advice for using using Facebook ads and Instagram and all of these things for uh, your ministry or church. Thank you so much. I know that there's uh, some maybe an Adventist Center for Digital Evangelism, and then also something at the NAD about about digital marketing. Yeah, a lot of the the stuff with the uh, um, Center for Online Evangelism is geared towards SEO. They actually just put out a whole worksheet and uh, booklet on search engine optimization. So definitely go and check them out. And then also the NAD. I know that they touch on Facebook ads every once in a while. Before we close, um, I just want to briefly touch on, somebody might say, you know, I'd love to do this, but I'm, I am I know that I'm prone to being addicted to social media. I'm trying to stay away from it, but I realize now from listening to this episode that, wow, like we could actually use this to save souls. What do you do? And just give us a couple of tips on how to be balanced, not be sucked in by social, but at the same time, uh, use it for God's glory. So there are apps that you can download and you can actually set limits for yourself so that you, you're not spending a lot of time on social media. So for me, I, I, I have done that. And so I think everybody kind of experiments with it. Once you're, once you're in that process of trying to get away from social media, you'll experiment with a lot of different things and figure out what works for you. I mean, you know, giving your phone to someone else, a friend or a family member um, at certain times, you know, to make sure you're not going online, you can do that as well. But I would say if you're really trying to break away from it, kind of, you know, get a little bit more analog. Take your notes in a, in a notepad so you're not spending time in, in your phone. You, get, you have an opportunity to get distracted. Carry a physical Bible with you so that you don't have to use the phone Bible, which leads you into opening up Facebook and scrolling. During church. Yeah, during church. You know, do things like that. Try to stay off of it if that's really what you're trying to do. Don't have your entire life on phone. I really like that. And one thing that I found actually myself, because I struggled with it in the past, is when I have a mission on social media, I'm using it to promote godly content. True. I have less reason to be distracted, True, even though it is still a challenge. Uh, in closing, though, uh, would you appeal to the young people listening um, who says, you know what? Wow, I see the potential. I feel God has called me to maybe be involved. And in. I just love promoting things. I want to I want to make sure my evangelistic series is successful but I'm not sure. I'm kind of like, ah, I don't know. Would you just give an appeal to the young people to, to be excellent, to learn, 
and to share and to really use their talents for God. Of course, if you're a young person listening to this right now, I believe that God has gifted our generation with amazing tools to reach people in ways that we could have never have dreamed of 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. And if you're a Seventh-day Adventist Christian listening to this and um, you feel a burden for ministry, you can use these tools to reach people and to really hasten the coming of Christ. And so I'd appeal to you to get serious about it and use it in your local church. Thank you so much for joining me. I know I was inspired and I know the young people and everyone listening uh, has been inspired to use their talents for God. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe and share this episode with your friends. To learn more, check us out at learnandsharepodcast.com.